Then you will truly be successful. Turn the page. And we know all things work together for the good. Turn the together. The good. Turn the together. Oh. And we know all things work together for the good. Turn the together. The good to those who love God. He has a word on your lips. To those who are called. Meditate on your day and According to his Malachi, the third chapter, the sixth through the twelfth verse. And in honor of our reading all of the Old Testament, we're going to go way back to the KJV because I was raised to believe that all those other virgins ain't God. They's not God. They's not God. <laughs> we're going to read the King James Version of Malachi 3, 6 through 12. For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Even from the days of your fathers, ye are gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, Wherein shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithe and offerings. Ye are cursed with the curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts, and all nations shall call ye blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. Let the people of God say amen. If your house was on fire and you had 10 minutes to grab things out of the house, what would you grab first? What matters to you? What do you treasure? Why? Thanks to modern technology and U.S. banking systems, most of us reading this wouldn't have to run to the mattress to grab our cash, but I wonder. If banks didn't exist, how differently would you protect your house? I wonder if you would run to get the money from underneath the mattress or the safe, or would you grab the wedding album on your coffee table? Would you run toward the piggy bank, or would you grab your loved one if he or she was in the burning house? Most of us can speculate now about what we would or wouldn't do, but we really wouldn't know until it happened. Why? Because often what we treasure isn't revealed until life brings us a fire. When the book of Malachi was written, Tony Evans says this, Malachi was the in-your-face prophet who had one simple message, take God seriously. What we know about Malachi is that he was God's messenger. What we don't know is where he came from. What we do know about the priests of Malachi's day was that they were playing a lot of games. What we don't know was why 
they felt God wouldn't send a prophet to speak truth to power. According to commentaries and biblical scholars, these priests were going through the motions and not taking their job seriously. And what I now know is that anyone who takes God seriously will also take their job seriously. But if you don't take your job seriously, you're probably also not taking God seriously. Why? Because how you handle one thing is often how you handle everything. So the priests were giving God sloppy worship and Malachi tells them to return. They must return to God and then God will return to them. They must learn to take God's love seriously, God's covenant seriously, and God's justice seriously. And as we read in the beginning verses of Malachi, we see how God challenges them to move beyond lip service. No, no, no. He wants fruit. He doesn't need our check, but often we need to learn trust. So by giving back to God 10% of what he had provided, God's people were acknowledging God's sovereignty and God's people were acknowledging God's goodness. Money, whether you know it or not, is a heart matter and an honor issue. What we honor, we reverence and what we reverence, we worship. If we stop honoring God to reverence what we deem to be another more suitable candidate, in this case, money, we have turned our hearts toward the gift and not the giver. We honor work, but not God. We honor the image of success, but not the one who made us in his image. But Jesus doesn't bite his tongue about this. It's very clear. We cannot serve God and money. The call to discipleship and the call to worship is a call to choose. Not to choose one or the other, but one over the other. It's only when we see it from this vantage point that we can utilize money the way God intended. If we mismanage money, it will work for our detriment. But a good manager of resources will manage faithfully and consistently. Will a man rob God? Malachi asks. Why was this so important? It was important because in the kingdom of God, money is a resource, not our source. Money is a gauge, not a God. Money is a tool, not a treasure. Money should be a tool used wisely, not a treasure to be hoarded. And the same way our earthly relationships help us to develop a better relationship with God, money is a tool that prepares us for eternity. As such, Jesus teaches that we are to use the tool wisely because anything that is used outside of its intended purpose can lead to abuse. As worshipers, we can value the tool of money without worshiping it as a treasure. Money helps us worship and serve God. Money helps us make connections with people and aid the least of these. So we should use it as a tool to honor God, care for our family, and serve those in need. When we do, we position ourselves for an even greater investment in heaven. If you've ever had more than one job, that I'm sure you've experienced the difference between a good manager and a bad one. A good manager is organized and clear. A bad manager is power hungry and lazy. A good manager will come early and leave late. A bad manager cuts corners and expects you to do their job and yours. If Jesus were to scan your financial records this past year, would he find evidence enough to call you a good manager of his resources or a bad one? A good manager of resources is one who lives modestly. This means your lifestyle 
should be in proportion to what God has given you. Modest living means living on your level without apology or comparison. Oftentimes, though, people who live above their means are battling discontentment and insecurity. Beware of what one Christian leader calls the comparison trap, this impulse to be greater than someone whose lifestyle is different from yours. This kind of thinking is an ungodly temptation motivated by the false God of worldly wealth. And again, I ask you, will a man rob God? When you look at the scriptures, you see clear as day how good managers enjoy life. Yes, they spend money to do so, but they do not live as if high seasons never end. Solomon was wealthy. He managed his wealth in wisdom. Joseph was wealthy. He managed his wealth with governance. Those who are good managers of God's resources never make long-term commitments based on a bonus. The same way that seasons change with regard to the weather, seasons change with our finances as well. Good stewards must predict and prepare for the season that is soon to come while enjoying the current season they are in. Listen, God trusts you with seed. Where you plant it will determine how it grows. Despite the distractions of popular culture and the poor decisions made by corrupt and avaricious leaders, both in the church and outside of it, Jesus is calling us to renovate our minds about money. If we are going to be like him in every aspect of our lives, then we must do more than merely wrestle with this idol. We must tear it down completely and live lives of radical generosity. This is seen all throughout scripture, but most vividly in our book today, Malachi, when God says to Israel, a son honors his father and a slave his master. If I am a father, where is the honor due me? If I am a master, where is the respect due me? Says the Lord Almighty. And in the Sean version, I feel like God would say, put some respect on my name. <laughs> Malachi 1 and 6. At the end of the day, my friends, it's about honor. Your heart will respect what it honors. You won't mistreat what you honor. And if status, acclaim, fame, and popularity is all you want out of life, you may fall by the very people who voted for you. But when you are established by the king's way, you will be free to make money without money making you. Hey everybody, it is day 54 of our 90 day challenge and we are studying Malachi. Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament scriptures. After Malachi, they enter into an intertestamental time of 400 years. Some theologians and historians suggest that God was silent for those years. But prior to that space, Malachi, this prophet whose name means messenger, is sending a sharp word to an indignant people. And the word of the Lord for Malachi is this, I am the Lord, I change not. And I want to tell you straight up as I was reading what I heard the Lord say to me, I haven't changed my mind. When we went to Arizona, the 90 Day Challenge hosted a worship retreat in Arizona last year. We noticed that there was a consistent theme at our retreat. Charged, challenged, changed. If you have a phone, a computer, or anything electronic, you know that the organism or the existence or the success of that instrument depends upon its charge. 
If it is not plugged in, it cannot have power. So many times, before you can experience real change, you've got to find a hot spot where you can be charged. Where is your calling charging so that you can do what God put you in the earth to do? But after you get your charge, after you find that hot spot, then you must embrace the challenge. If you want to find health and wealth, if you want to lose a few more pounds, if you want to change your tax bracket, you're gonna need to be challenged. There's nothing that happens on this level without a level of challenge. So after you're charged, you're charged so that the challenge can bring about change. I, the Lord, I've not changed. I haven't changed my mind about you. Before you were, I am. And at the end of the day, my goal is to change you. But first I gotta charge you. And once I charge you, then I will challenge you. And when you see that challenge, you will know that I am the Lord who was the originator of this process called purpose. So don't change up on me. Today, I want you to ask yourself, what needs change? Because certainly, it ain't God. Time is filled with swift transitions. Will not leave
Hey, yeah.